Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sports Most Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law. I'm here to talk about game week 31 of the Premier League season and our predictions for all 10 games this weekend. Uh, we start on Friday night with Fulham versus Wolves tonight. Um, Fulham, obviously, down there at the bottom of the table, but a victory for them would lift them out of the relegation zone temporarily at least. Uh, Wolves, obviously, in, in pretty poor form themselves, lost to West Ham United last time out, having lost to Liverpool in their one before that, before the international break. They're down in 14th, not quite fully safe. You'd be very surprised if they get dragged into it, but it's, it's a huge game for Fulham in particular to move out of the relegation zone. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, it's a big game, isn't it, for, for Fulham, like you say. I mean, it's bigger for Fulham, but you mentioned Wolves. I just think, uh, as you say, they're not m- mathematically safe, but I don't think they'll go down. But I just think for their confidence and for their fans, like Wolves, have been really poor recently, haven't they? I mean, this the season, I think they overperformed when they came up from the Championship, you know, finishing seventh twice and so impressive. But this season, maybe a bit of reality check, a bit of mixture of injuries and I don't think the crowd, not having a crowd at Molyneux, I don't think that helps them, but... Going into the West Ham game, Wolves, I mean, I didn't think West Ham and Wolves, quality-wise, there's that much difference between the two sides. And I don't, I still don't think there's that much difference, but I think West Ham was so much better than Wolves last time out. And I know the scoreline, 3-2, it doesn't sound, sound like it was a close game, but I just think Wolves, the scoreline flattered Wolves. I thought West Ham were much better. Obviously, lost to Liverpool before that. And on a bit of a poor run at the moment, Wolves, aren't they? I mean, they, they've won back-to-back games uh, middle of February, but... The form overall, the performances have not been great. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a big game for Wolves, but as we say, it's a bigger game for Fulham. You know, slightly worrying form at the moment, isn't it? I think they obviously got the worst home record in the Premier League, which which mm. won't fill the fans with too much confidence heading into this game. And, you know, since you know, one one at Anfield, didn't they? And there was so much positivity around, but they lost their last three. Uh, the two to the, the last and Villa one, obviously, taking the lead. Um, and I, I backed 0-0 for that game. It was 0-0 for a long time, wasn't it? And I thought might be in here, Fulham score, and then just a bit of a capitulation late on. Scott Parker saying, you know, we need to battle and fight and, and it needs to be ugly. And Fulham won't care if this is a really ugly, horrible game to watch and they win 1-0. But it, it is a tough ask because Wolves are still a good side. They'll be keen to bounce back and... I've, I've actually got a draw here in the end. I think, you know, the, the injury situation with both sides, Wolves are still missing a few. Obviously, Willie Bolly's out as well. Fulham, it looks like Lookman probably will be OK, um, certainly for the bench. I'd be surprised if he started because he came off with a muscular problem uh, last time out. And I don't think Scott Parker want to be take too many risks with him. Obviously, Tom Kearney's still out. But, you know, will it be Mitrovic or will it be Josh Magic for Fulham in the final third? Very interesting to see who starts. Mitrovic scored last time out, didn't he? So you fancy he might start. Will Silver come in for Wolves? You know, William Jose struggled, isn't he, this season since arriving in January? Silver came off the bench and scored a really good goal, didn't he, against West Ham? So, possibly a, a couple of changes, possibly centre four positions might stay the same from the last game. But um, yeah, I just think it'd be tight, to be honest. You know, no Premier League team drawn more league games than Fulham this season, 11. And uh, yeah, I can see the points being shared again here, 1 1. Yeah, I've gone exactly the same. I think for Fulham, I, I was very close to going for Fulham in this match because I, I just think they've got a lot more to fight for. Um, and recently, obviously, they've now lost three games in a row, but it wasn't too long ago they went through, I think it was like a month and a half long spell where they'd they'd only lost twice. They won three times in, in that spell um, of 10 games. Um, and they sort of look to be having that momentum. I think these three consecutive defeats might have just robbed them of the momentum. Not so much... You know, the 3-0 defeat at home to Man City, that's not going to take anyone by surprise coming immediately after their win at Liverpool. Um, but then the defeat to Leeds at home was a disappointing performance and result considering how they had played before that. Um, and also, as you say, the Aston Villa one in the final 12 minutes to concede three goals when you're on course to pick up a huge, huge victory, um, which then would have taken them out to the bottom three. Um, again, really disappointing. And I fear for them that they've just lost some of that momentum they were building. And it's so hard to get that momentum back. You look at their next couple of games as a way to Arsenal and Chelsea as well. So um, it's going to be hard uh, to build that momentum back up for them. Um, and I was I was close to going for them because I think this is the type of game where they might be able to grind out a 1-0 win. You know, Wolves have been pretty inconsistent. They're a team, I think, while they've got the quality and ability to hurt a lot of teams in the league, I think they're also a team which most teams will will go up against and feel they've got a chance of beating the way the, the amount they've been so inconsistent this season. Um, so Fulham will probably go into that game feeling that, but yeah, 
just can't look past that home record. It's so poor. Um, I think what their only wins at home this season have been against Sheffield United and West Brom, which are the two teams below them in the table. Mm. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's impossible to back them really to win a game at home. I think if I was to back either team to win, it probably would be Fulham because they've got so much to fight for. But yeah, like you, I've, I've just um, settled on a draw for this one. I couldn't really back either team for this one. So we're both going for one or draws in that one. Um, the early kickoff on Saturday sees Manchester City versus Leeds. Uh, Man City are, I think it's four wins away now from securing the title um, mathematically. 14 points clear at the top of the table. Um, again, on a really good winning run, beat Borussia uh, Dortmund somewhat controversially in midweek in the Champions League. But last weekend uh, in the Premier League, a really impressive 2 0 win at Leicester, which, you know, just underline the title credentials again against the Leicester side who have been so impressive this season. Um, Leeds, I mean, we went to Wolves inconsistency. Leeds have been the picture of inconsistency this season, but back-to-back wins now against Fulham and Sheffield United. Um, obviously, both of those teams, different propositions to Manchester City, but this is, you know, this is one of those games, you know, we've seen Leeds go to- toe-to-toe with these top teams so far this season and produce really entertaining encounters uh, but Man City at home is as tough as it gets in the Premier League, maybe as tough as it gets in Europe at the moment. So how do you see this one going? Yeah, again, it's a tough one for Leeds, isn't it? I think, as you mentioned, the back-to-back wins for Leeds, so important ahead of their next three, haven't they? Couldn't get much tougher their next three, Man City, mm-hmm. Liverpool, Manchester United for Leeds. And you just felt that if they'd have maybe lost both of those games, Fulham and Sheffield United, they'd have just maybe been looking over their shoulder a touch, say they were to lose the next three as well, but obviously put themselves in a in a fantastic position in the table. And uh, yeah, they've got a lot of criticism. They've got a lot of praise as well, but a lot of criticism for the way they play. But Leeds sitting up in 11th, as we say, no no relegation fears. Um, same points as Arsenal. We'll be, we'll be looking up for a top-half finish very much mm-hmm. on. I think I think they could finish ninth or 10th easily this season. Um, but yeah, coming up against the City side. As you say, uh, very, very fortunate. I fought in the Champions League. Um, obviously, that goal that was chalked off, Jude Bellingham was very mm-hmm. odd, wasn't it? Very surprising. Um but came through it. But I still think that's a tough game. You know, 2-1's a good, not a good result for the away side, but 2-1 for Dortmund is not a bad result at all, especially going ahead of the second leg. And they've got such a busy spell, City, you know, so many competitions. We say Chelsea FA Cup, Champions League, Dortmund obviously EFL Cup final. Um, very, very crowded April. And you look at the fixtures. Yeah. Hiding up the end of April. And Guardiola has spoken about... Um, the importance of you know rotating his squad and he's done that all season he's been fortunate I think to not have injuries um, and you look at for this game I mean I did the preview and the team for this game you fancy there's going to be a rough changes in the Dortmund game you know Sterling didn't play did he against Dortmund surprising you know he'll probably come back in you fancy come back into the back four give someone a rest he could change six or seven and it'd still be a a top draw side and they can afford to do that in the Premier League you say four wins away um, which is 14 points now the gap they're going to win the Premier League aren't they so it's how they how they do uh, in the other competitions you know I think the Premier League is obviously secured I, I think they'll win the FA Cup final FA Cup they're obviously the favourites I, I still said before I still think I still think they might fall short in the Champions League I do think PSG have got a good chance of winning the Champions League this season especially if they get through against Bayern uh, very good the other night but obviously fighting for four trophies. And yes, yeah, this is a, a very interesting game, isn't it? Um, against, you know, two managers coming head to head. You know, Bielsa will, will go after City, but it's a, it's a tough ask, isn't it, to go and do that to Man City? You know, Leeds injury situation is good, isn't it? Obviously, long-term, uh, Adam Forshaw is out long-term, but apart from that, Jack Harrison can't play against his parent club. But apart from that, they're in really good shape, you know, good, good playing some good stuff at the moment. Rafinha's come back into good form. Bamford's obviously having a really good season. And, They'll, they'll fancy they can hurt City, I think. I think, obviously, early this season. It was 1-1, wasn't it, early this season as well at Ellen Road? So, yeah. very much uh, feel that they can match City, who will have their eye on other things. There's no doubt about that. This is not a huge game for City over the next few weeks. It's probably their least important game over the next few weeks. Well, it probably is, to be honest. But still a, a game that should be entertaining. Open. I've gone for goals in this one. Um, I think City will win, you know, fresh players against the lead side that will open up. And there's only one result for me. I think it will be um, 3-1 to Manchester City. I was very close to going the same. I eventually went for 3-0 Man City. I think Leeds, um, we do we do always fancy them to get a goal, don't we? Especially in these games where they're going to be open, there's going to be space for them because Man City will, they're not going to change their style for Leeds and Leeds aren't going to change their style even for Man City. Um, but Leeds have just been, they've been a little bit worse in front of goal um, sort of in the last couple of months than they were um, in the few months before that. 
when you would always back them to score. Obviously, the last two games have been a little bit different, but they've been against those two teams in the relegation zone. So, yeah, I, I think Man City's clean sheet record this season is incredible. Um, so even against Leeds, I think they'll fancy their chance of doing it. And even with a lot of changes, as you say, there are likely to be quite a few changes uh, to, to Pep Guardiola's team. But I think we've said before in this podcast, the second string Man City team this season will probably finish second in the league. They're just so strong. They've got such strength and depth. And they can change so many players without even really losing quality. I mean, you think how how little Sergio Aguero has played and he's one of the greatest players in Premier League history this season. They've, they've done all this without him pretty much all season. So they've got such huge depth to go and even if they do rotate. And I think, yeah, you're right to say this is probably their least important game coming up. Um, yeah, certainly the Premier League games, when you consider how close they are to the title and it's pretty much inevitable that they will win the title now. Um, and they've got that huge, huge one against um, Dortmund. I agree with you. That's a difficult one. They're by no means through in that tie. Dortmund only have to win one nil uh, to go through and you'd certainly, you know, they're capable of doing that for sure. Um, so yeah, uh, the midweek game, I think it's on Wednesday in the Champions League is, a, is a, certainly a bigger game for Man City, especially when you consider the Champions League has been for a long time Man City's holy grail. So yeah, that's a much more important game. But, you know, as I said, even if they do rotate a lot, it's still fancy their chances to win this and win this quite comfortably. The way Leeds play, they'll get chances. So yeah, I'm back in 3-0 Man City on that one. Matt also back in a comfortable Man City win. Um, at 3pm on Saturday, there's Liverpool versus Aston Villa. Liverpool come into it off the back of a really disappointing Champions League result um, and even more disappointing than the result was the performance in the first half in particular. I mean, Liverpool have had a lot of problems since the turn of the year, but I, I, I don't think I've seen Liverpool play that badly as they did in the first half. Even, you know, the defeats to the likes of Fulham, the defeats to Burnley at home, the, the defeat to Brighton at home. Liverpool dominated possession in that. They they, were, they controlled the game. They just couldn't create a chance against Real Madrid. They just couldn't even keep the ball. It was a really disappointing performance. Better in the second half, but still hugely disappointing. Um, I think they're still just about in that tie because of the away goal, but it's going to be a big ask for them at Anfield. But obviously, they've got such a poor record. And I think that put, places even more importance on this game. We talked about their Man City prioritising the Champions League. Liverpool... Um, obviously, that big game against Real Madrid on Wednesday is is going to be huge for them. But you know, this game against Aston Villa is huge as well. Victory because of the schedule this week would temporarily take them into the top four, which would be big for them, obviously, to to claw back into that. But also to to win against Aston Villa, end that horrendous home form, six defeats in a row, eight without a victory at home. It's just incredible. I mean, no one would have seen that coming after such a long. Um, unbeaten record at home and the, the goal scoring as well just one goal in those six defeats one goal in the last seven games I think it's um, they failed to score excluding penalties and known goals I think they failed to score with any of their last 115 shots at Anfield in the Premier League which is just incredible especially considering the players they've got on the pitch um, again I, like, like Man City I do expect to see changes with I mean when you uh, consider how important this Aston Villa game is as well I don't think it'll be wholesale changes quite uh, from Jurgen Klopp, but it's a it's a huge game for Liverpool. Aston Villa have been pretty inconsistent themselves, but ninth place. I mean, obviously the the reverse fixture of this one was that incredible seven two victory. So Liverpool will, will be out for a bit of revenge from that one as well. I think um, Aston Villa is a little bit difficult to uh, to know what to expect from them. They're, obviously, they won't be expecting another seven two. Jack Grealish looks like he's going to be out again, but they know they can hurt Liverpool um, as they did in the in the in the uh, reverse fixture, and that was when Liverpool had their full strength defence as well. So. Um, they know they've got the tools to hurt Liverpool. They'll go into this really confident. Their away record's been good. Their away clean sheet record has been really good, particularly um, when you compare it to you know Liverpool's troubles scoring at home. They'll, they'll fancy their match up there. Um, but I think that the carrot of Liverpool being able to climb into the top four with a victory here um, is just enough for me to back Liverpool. Um, and again, I, I backed them against Arsenal last weekend, perhaps with my heart over my head but I proved, proved right on that one and they were really good against Arsenal if they can play like that again um, against Aston Villa I think they'll comfortably win because they, they were really good against Arsenal Arsenal were poor but Liverpool were really good if they play like they did against Real Madrid especially in that first half then Aston Villa are going to win this game quite easy so it's difficult to know which Liverpool will turn up um, but I've just backed Liverpool to win this one 2-1 
credit to Liverpool. And then I think a lot of people maybe underestimated Real Madrid a little bit going into that game. I saw a lot of people back in Liverpool in that game. I actually thought it would be a draw, but Real Madrid were were really good. But but Liverpool let them be really good, didn't they? You know, Tony didn't close down Tony Cruz, who, who completely dominated the game. They obviously managed to isolate uh, the central defenders and Vinicius' pace up front was always going to be a problem, I thought, for that back for that back Liverpool four. And yeah, it's just a, a, you say prioritising the, the Real Madrid game. It's obviously, do I think Real Madrid will get through against Real Madrid? No, I wouldn't be surprised if they won on the night, maybe 2-1. I think Real Madrid maybe will have enough to get through now. And it's all about the top four for Liverpool. Um, as you say, could go into the top four with, with a win here. I think those positions are going to change a lot aren't they over the next few weeks West Ham, Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool they're going to keep switching around and it's just going to be who who can hold their nerve and who can really finish in the top you know it's a big blow for West Ham looks like Michel Antonio you know might be out for the season so that's a huge huge blow for West Ham's chances of finishing up there Chelsea just really good Champions League win but still you know struggling a little bit in the league um, Tottenham same as well played Manchester United this weekend so I do think it's very much there I think Everton's inconsistencies are there. So it will be Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, West Ham. I think for that fourth place, I think Leicester will have enough to, to finish third or, or, or second. So, yeah, it's a really big game. As you mentioned, Villa's, I mean, Jack Grealish's injuries is a problem, isn't it? It looks like he's going to probably miss at least Villa's next three games, you know, maybe not return till May. Obviously, looking ahead to England, uh, he might have an eye on just, you know, maybe that's because it looks like it's a little bit of a troublesome problem, one that's perhaps not going to quickly go away. It's one that's been aggravated a little bit. It's not something that's just going to heal and then it's going to be fine. I think that's a slightly concerning for England, Villa and Grealish, but, you know, hopefully he gets back as soon as possible. But it's been a strange season for Villa, isn't it? You know, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things, but if you'd have offered them ninth position at this stage of the season, you're only five points off Liverpool and Liverpool play the game more. So you say it like that, it's, it's incredible. The win over Fulham last time out was was good. I thought it was a poor game for long stages, but managed to find their way through in the latter stages. And uh, yes, yeah, a tough run for Villa, isn't it? You know, City, Liverpool back to back, Liverpool City back to back, and then they play West Brom, Everton, Manchester United. So certainly games to finish, Villa to finish top 10. I, I would probably say now, I'd probably, I think they'll probably finish 12th, maybe around there. I, I think maybe Arsenal might finish above them. Leeds got a chance to finish above them, but it'll be a fantastic season. And um, yeah, I think they'll get beat here though. I think they can cause Liverpool problems. But I just think Liverpool's performance against Arsenal, 2-1 Liverpool. Yeah, both Liverpool. Liverpool victories in that one. Also on Saturday is a London derby between Crystal Palace and Chelsea. Chelsea, obviously, uh, one of those teams with Liverpool in that top four battle. But, I mean, <laughs> none of us certainly saw that coming last weekend against West Brom. I think we both backed that as maybe 2-0 wins. And for me, that was absolutely nailed on to be a 2-0 victory for Chelsea. Their, their um, defensive record ahead of that game was exemplary. Their West Brom's attacking record was poor. So for West Brom to go to Stamford Bridge, even with Chelsea with 10 men to score five goals, was just incredible. One of the more remarkable results in a season, uh, which has been absolutely full of them. So they'll be desperate to bounce back domestically. They did so in the Champions League with a really good 2-0 win away at Porto. Um, pretty much puts one foot in the Champions League semi-finals, which is huge for them as well. Um, and they'll be favourites going into this game against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace um, I've mentioned a few times that, you know, there's the, the danger of them, the position they're in, the position that a number of their players are in the position, Roy Hodgson's in, uh, a danger of them becoming an easy touch towards the latter stage of the season. But that really hasn't been the case so far. They've Credit to them, they've continued fighting a one-all draw at Goodison Park last time out, following up a 1-0 win um, against West Brom before the international break. It's lifted them up to 12th place. Uh, 38 points there on. So they, they do seem determined to end the season on a high. It doesn't look like they're going to be an easy game, um, uh, which could have easily been the case, if, depending on the players' attitudes going into the end of the season. Uh, but for Chelsea, I think they'll go into this game as favourites. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I think uh, same as you. I think Chelsea uh, will have too much here. The, the Porto game was... I thought it was a nice draw for Porto, for, for Chelsea, sorry, as, as good as I think Porto are, that they were obviously a very good side and but Juventus, didn't they, in the Champions League? But I did think it was a good draw for Chelsea and Mason Mount and Chilwell coming up with the goals uh, to give them a really good first leg lead. But yeah, so after the West Brom game, was just incredible, wasn't it, really? The, the Thiago Silva red card and then the way they conceded five against West Brom and other down to 10 men. But the, it was that thing earlier this season, wasn't there, when United, you know, absolutely thumped Southampton. There's this thing that when you automatically go down to 10 men, you, you know, oh, it's not an excuse for conceding a lot of goals. You know, I, I don't see it that way, I think. Chelsea defended terribly. Obviously, Thiago Silva is now suspended for this game. Hasn't 
played an awful lot recently because of injuries, but team selection will be very interesting for this game for Chelsea. You know, will he make changes from the Porto game? You fancy there'll be a few, you know, Pulisic, Giroud, Kante, perhaps, you know, in consideration to, to maybe come into the side. Obviously, Mason Mount was excellent again last time out. Timo Werner still still struggling, isn't he, for goals? Uh, Kai Havertz still performances have been better, but not anywhere near, I think, what Chelsea thought they'd get this season from, from spending so much money. But you mentioned Palace um, last time out, uh, really good uh, draw against Everton, wasn't it? You know, Michi Batshuayi said on this international duty, didn't he, that he didn't feel like he has the, mm. the trust of his manager at club level. And, you know, he came up with a really big goal. Uh, obviously, he can't play against his parent club, so he won't be available. But, yeah, as you say, I think Palace, there was a fear maybe that they would drift away a little bit. But they're still, I mean, they're still can push up the table, you know, 12th in the league. And as I say, they're not four points behind Arsenal. I think if they wanted to finish top 10, they could really push. I don't think they will because I don't think they're consistent or enough or they've got a good enough thing, a uh, good enough set of players. But obviously, as we mentioned last week, when we talked about the changes that will happen at Palace this summer, there'll be a lot, you know, maybe a change of manager, a lot of players coming in and out. But yeah, good. if they were to finish 12th, that's a good season for Palace. But if they were to finish, you know, 16th, 15th, would probably be a little bit disappointing, which is just shows how, how different things can look if you maybe just edge up a couple more places. But yeah, I think Chelsea will, will just have too much here, 2-0. Yeah, I've got 1-0. It's, it's, I mean, that West Brom game just has to be an anomaly. What we've seen from Thomas Tuchel so far is, is solidity defensively um, and doing enough to win games. And I think that's exactly what will happen here. Crystal Palace... They're not the freest scorers in the league by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they won't make it easy for them. I think they've proved that over the last couple of weeks that they're not going to make it easy for these teams. The really difficult one for them coming up. They've got Chelsea, Leicester, Man City in the next three Premier League games. Postponed game against Southampton in there because of the FA Cup. Um, but really difficult one for them. So they will be tested in these coming games, but I don't think they're going to make it easy for teams, uh, which is a credit to them and their attitude. But yeah, I think Chelsea should just have enough They'll be, they'll be desperate to bounce back domestically from that West Brom. I think Thomas Tuchel, from what we've seen of him so far, um, he speaks his mind. He will not be afraid to go into that dressing room and just tell the, the Chelsea players if they needed telling that that was nowhere near good enough. And that's pretty much unacceptable for a, a club like that to capitulate at home to a team which is pretty much um, bound for relegation. So um, I think he'll be demanding a response more so than just that Porto response. That was a really good uh, start to the response. But I think domestically, particularly as that result ultimately saw them drop out of the top four and they've still got a huge battle on their hands to qualify for the Champions League next season. Um, so, it's, it, I mean, but more than just demanding a response for personal pride, they need a response because if they lose any more ground in the in the top four ways, suddenly they could be cut adrift a bit with, you know, West Ham in decent form, Liverpool hopefully picking up a, a little bit again, uh, Tottenham, as you say, in the mix. There's so many teams in that mix that a couple of back-to-back defeats um, for any team could really leave them playing catch up and, and with you know not too long left of the season now um, that could be terminal so yeah I think the importance is huge for them a lot more obviously important for Chelsea than it is for Crystal Palace and I do see them picking up the win here so yeah I'm going for 1-0 to Chelsea in this one um, on Sunday we've got a big game at the bottom of the table Burnley versus Newcastle United to kick off the action on Sunday there's four points separating them in the table Newcastle are three points above the relegation zone could actually be in the relegation zone by the time the kickoff should Fulham win on Friday night um, so yeah it could be a huge game for them they'll know what they need to do they've uh, picked up four draws from their last five games so they're picking up points relatively regularly but struggling for victories um, Burnley have edged themselves relatively comfortably clear of the relegation zone is seven points uh, their gap to the relegation zone but if they lose this one and Fulham win on Friday night as well then suddenly they see that gap um, close a little bit and things will become a little bit more nervous um, they've actually uh, been involved in some pretty entertaining games the last uh, the last couple of these two teams which you don't really associate them with Burnley obviously in that 3-2 defeat against Southampton last weekend which is a lot more entertaining than I think any of us expected um, and Newcastle picking up a really good point against Tottenham that 2 all draw um, deserved more from that game to be honest to, to have only come away with a point from that game was a little bit harsh on them um, and uh, to think they nearly came away with nothing that would have been really hard to take for Steve Bruce because his team played well created chances Tottenham were poor but Newcastle were good um, and that would be a really encouraging performance for them especially going looking ahead to their games they've got coming up they've got West Ham Liverpool Arsenal Leicester in their next four after this Man City after that as well so a hugely difficult run of fixtures coming up for Newcastle which of course places all the more importance on getting a good result here because 
you know, it's it's not inconceivable. In fact, it's probably likely that they could go and lose all five of those next games and you're back Fulham to pick up a few points in that time. So it's this this game is absolutely massive for Newcastle, probably even bigger for Newcastle than it is for Burnley. Burnley's by no means safe themselves. Um, but despite the goals that have been involved in these two sides games recently, I've, I've gone for the goalless draw in this one. I, I can just see, you know, Burnley will make it tight. Newcastle will probably be pushing for the win more so than they might usually. They've been accused sometimes by, uh, by Newcastle fans under Steve Bruce of holding back a bit, but I think they'll realise how big this game is considering what's to come, considering Burnley in around them, considering they might even be in the relegation zone by the time they kick off. I think Newcastle will really be pushing for it, but Burnley, they can be very stubborn when they want to be. So yeah, I'm just going for a goalless draw on this one, but it's a huge game at the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge game. I think Steve Bruce has just had his press conference and said, looks like Callum Wilson's going to be okay for this game, which, you know, he's trained a week and some maximum as well being back. It's obviously huge for Newcastle, that, isn't it? But it looks like Laskellas is going to be out for a little period now. We've got a foot injury against Tottenham last time out and that's obviously a huge blow for, for, for Newcastle at the back. You know, such an important player for them. And it is, as you say, it's just such a, it's such a big game. There's been a few of them uh, the last few weeks. You know, it's about Burnley's home form. That you know, they've drawn their last five at the ho- at home. They haven't actually won at Turf Moor in the Premier League, Burnley, since since the end of January. You know, you always associate with Burnley being good at home. They've been tough to beat. To be fair, though, they've held some good teams recently. The last two at home, Leicester and Arsenal, both struggled to win. And uh, two of the last three meetings between Newcastle and Burnley at Turf Moor have actually been one nil Burnley. And I've gone one nil Burnley here. I think. Newcastle, you know, I might be contradicting myself having, obviously saying having Callum Wilson and St Maximum back is obviously absolutely massive for Newcastle and their draw last time out against Tottenham was really good. But I just think, you know, as you say, Burnley can be really, really stubborn there. They are they are tough to beat at home. As you say, five in a row, they have been draws, but, you know, one at Everton, didn't they? Um, and lost a, you know, topsy-turvy, as you say, game at Southampton. That could have gone either way. That one, to be fair, there was a few, you know, dodgy calls in there and, and Burnley will feel slightly unfortunate they lost that game and yeah I just think this is a really tough one I'm not that comfortable back in back in a 1-0 in this game especially with Newcastle having those players back but just think you know it's a big ask because he's been out for such a long time Wilson you can't just you know fly straight back into it into this thing I think he will need a couple of games to, to warm up and the games are there for Newcastle you know as you say they've got some tough very tough end to the season and and they're obviously battling Fulham, you know, can Fulham win Can Fulham win the game before this? Can Fulham go and beat Wolves? But so much pressure on Newcastle. And if Newcastle was to win this game, you know, as good as Burnley been, they're very much not out of it at the bottom of the table. So it is a very, very big game. Um, Burnley play United next to Old Trafford. So that's a tough gun. But yeah, I just think, I just think Burnley will get there in the end. They've gone 1-0. Yeah, I can see why you've done that. Burnley probably just slightly more trustworthy than Newcastle, aren't they, if you're going to back either team to win? But yeah, that promises to be a really interesting game. There's a couple of other really great games on Sunday as well, starting with uh, West Ham versus Leicester. Uh, this is fourth versus third place. There's four points separating them in the table. Um, West Ham beat Wolves uh, 3-2 last time out. Very nearly, they would have been worried that another three-goal collapse was coming after their um, one against Arsenal, which Arsenal came back from 3-0 down to draw three all. Wolves threatened to do the same last time out, but this time West Ham held on for the 3-2 victory. Uh, Leicester beaten at home by Man City last time out. No shame in that. It's still been a magnificent season for them, but they will just start to be looking over their shoulders now. It's five points the gap to fifth um, so things still very much in their hands but I think you know the, the collapse last season where they nailed on for a Champions League spot for much of the season but then uh, fell away towards the end of the season might just start to be creeping into their minds now there's obviously some really good teams behind them as well who if they get on a run of form you'd back them to pick up a serious amount of points between now and the end of the season so every game now for Leicester is really big and then every win is just you know one step closer to securing that Champions League spot, which would be huge. I think they deserve it the way they've been going all season, but you know, you can't rule out another end of season collapse of sorts. And it won't actually have to be a huge collapse. You might just have to lose a couple of games here and there um, to surrender that top four spot. Uh, obviously, this is a, a really difficult game for them, huge one. West Ham being in such good form, top four battle. Uh, it's got all the makings of a really good game, hasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it has. It's a really, really big and interesting game. Um, I just think the news that, you know, West Ham obviously already out about Declan Rice and, and Antonio now as well, it looks like, certainly for this game, but it looks like he could potentially be out for the season. And, you know, he's always going to get, we've said it every time and time again, Antonio, he's always going to pick up 
muscular problems, you know, the way he is, he's so powerful and he's obviously got those tight hamstrings that's just always going to cause problems. And it looks like he's, and he went last time out, didn't he? It seemed to go again against, against Wolves and uh, such a big win for West Ham, but being without, you know, arguably, I know they've had a lot of good players this season, certainly Suchek is, is one of their best players, but maybe two of their best four players, two of the most important ones, Rice and Antonio and going up against Leicester, who, as you say, will be desperate to bounce back from the defeat last time out. I, I do think Leicester will get there in the end of the Champions League. I, I wouldn't be absolutely, you know, flabbergasted if they did finish outside the top four, but I just think they'll have enough. The games are, are okay coming up. You know, they've got West Brom and Palace at home after this when they go to Southampton there. Then their running is pretty good compared to our teams around them. We've got some tough games and teams around them are playing each other, whereas Leicester have come through, you know, a difficult period um, with some good wins. And and uh, I think they'll have enough. Um, going to West Ham, you know, West uh, early this season, you know, they played at King Power, didn't they? West Ham, really, really good in that game, run out 3-0 winners, um, you know, shock, shock result in that one. But yeah, it's just, a, it is a really interesting game. I, I, I almost went Leicester here purely because of the injuries for West Ham, but I just think without those two, West Ham are still a really good side. They're, they're very resolute, very, very difficult to beat. And obviously it could be, as you say, Liverpool could go into the top four if they win. Tottenham obviously have a tough game this weekend. Chelsea will, as we said, we both fancy them to win. So it'll put a lot of pressure on West Ham. They always seem to play after the teams they're, they're competing against West Ham. They're always the Monday game or that they play late when teams play earlier in the weekend. It seems to have been that, what, that way for a while now. But I've just got a draw here in the end. You know, West Ham's home form this season has been excellent, hasn't it? Only Manchester City picked up more points at home this season. Eight wins, four draws, three defeats. Very, very close to going Leicester because of the two injuries. But yeah, I just think it'll be a, it'll be a tight one. And I've gone 1-1. I was very close to going for 2 all, And it's, this is one of those games which I wouldn't really be surprised to see anything. I, I do think there'll be goals. West Ham obviously conceded and scored a lot of goals in the last couple of games. Um, Leicester have got lots of goals in their team that we know. Um, I've, I've just gone for 3-2 Leicester in the end. Um, I, I could have gone 3-2 West Ham. I could have gone 3-2 Like Leicester. a 3-2, didn't you? Yeah. Um, it's just one of those games which I think there will be goals. I think it will be entertaining. I think both sides will be open, go for attacking, go for goals. Um, they know how important a win could be, so I think they'll both be going for it. They're both sort of punching a little bit above their weight or at least um, performing a lot better than a lot of them would have expected at the start of the season. So there'll be an element of they haven't got too much to lose because they're already, you know, surpassing expectations. So I think they, there should be an entertaining um, and hopefully goal field game. Um, and as I say, it could have gone in either direction. West Ham's home record, as you say, is incredible. And it's, it's for that reason, it's pretty hard to back against them um, at home. Last time out, obviously, there was that collapse against Arsenal, but they, they raced into a 3-0 lead against Arsenal. They've got the ability to do that. Recently, they've beaten Tottenham. Their only recent defeat has been against Liverpool, and their um, only two defeats at home since September, looking at it, is are against Manchester United and Liverpool. But then again, you have to class Leicester amongst those teams now, those sorts of teams, the way they've been performing this season. And Leicester's away record this season has been really good. They haven't been quite as convincing uh, recently away from home, but... You know, they, they've got the players, they've got the um, quality uh, to go and win these big games away from home nowadays. Um, so, yeah, it, it is one of those which I, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of. I think there will be goals. I just don't know which way the game's going to go. And I, I did almost go for two all. I, I was I flirted with the idea of a 3-2 West Ham win, but I've just settled on 3-2 Leicester. I'm hoping for an entertaining game. Could be anything, but I think you're right in saying Leicester are probably in the driving seat for that top four spot that considering the fixtures that come up. Um, and I think both teams will go into this game knowing exactly how big it is for their top four hopes. I mean, if West Ham go and win this game, that's huge. One point um, away from Leicester, guaranteed to be holding on to the top four spot uh, at the end of the weekend as well. So it'll be huge for them. Which, uh, and I do think they'll they'll go for the win and, and Leicester will go for the win rather than being afraid to uh, potentially lose the games. So, and hopefully that will result in an entertaining game. But yeah, Leicester 3-2 for me and uh, Matt's going for a draw in that one. Um, so that's a huge game. Another huge game on Sunday, 4.30 kickoff is Tottenham versus Manchester United. Uh, we mentioned Man United there. They're just above Leicester, four points above Leicester in second place now in the table. Um, beat Granada in midweek in the Europa League, away from home, pretty much one foot now in the semi-final. So big result for them. Tottenham, that draw against Newcastle last time out, uh, I mentioned it earlier with the when we we're talking about Newcastle. Perhaps fortunate to get away with even a point there. Um, they're three points off the top four now. 
it's a big game for them in their top four hopes. Manchester United, I think, looking more and more likely now to secure a top four spot, nine points above Chelsea now. I think a couple more wins should pretty much do it for them. But obviously, this is a huge game. How do you see it going? Yeah, really, really big one. Uh, I was saying a few weeks ago, wasn't I up to a few weeks ago, I still thought United were very much locked in a battle for the top four. But I think man, they should have enough now, shouldn't they? The gap is what it is now. You know, so it's a lot now, isn't it? Nine points, as you said, to Chelsea. And I'd be surprised if they threw it away from this position. You know, three straight wins in the Premier League. The one over West Ham was really big. Mm. And the one over Brighton, um, I think it was exactly this type of game we expected, wasn't it? We both bet 2-1 United in that game against Brighton. It was exactly the, the type of game that we thought it would be. You know, Brighton really good, took the lead. United just found a way to, to get through without playing particularly well. You know, Greenwood and Rashford on the score sheet and very, very important win. Uh, the, the Granada game, uh, Granada are a, a decent side. I always thought the United would have, you know, far too much quality for them. You know, Granada, as well as they've been this season, and they are now very much an established side in their top flight in Spanish football. But it just felt like, the quality was, you know, United didn't play that well. They didn't have to play that well. They defended pretty good. Um, a really good goal uh, to, to, to make the breakthrough through Rashford and then a penalty later on. And the penalty to make it 2 0 is a really important one. And mm. you know, ordinarily, you'd be looking at maybe resting a lot of players for this one for a European game, but it isn't till next Thursday. United have got a few players suspended for that game, you know, Maguire. Uh, and Shaw being t- being two of them, and uh, you just fancy that you know he- he'll go strong again here. Solskjaer, you know it's not it's not the biggest game in the world for United, if we're honest. You know it is still an important game. Don't get me wrong; it's still a very big game, but it's bigger for Tottenham, as we say. They're very much no European football, so they've not played since the Newcastle game. Uh, very disappointing, wasn't it, for, for, from a Tottenham point of view to concede late on and draw and. Just think, as we said, as I said earlier, those teams are going to be chopping and changing West Ham, Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool. And I don't think Tottenham will finish in the top four. And then it will lead to a lot of questions, won't it, at the end of the season about Harry Kane's future. Obviously, after the Euros, he's not prepared, I don't think, to talk about his future until after the European Championships, which is fair enough. But United would be keen to get revenge. You know, it was early this season, wasn't it? It seems such a long time ago now. And it was, you know, a lot's happened. You know, the 6-1 home defeat from Tottenham and at that stage, questions were coming on the manager, um, Mourinho. It, it, it was just a really good performance, wasn't it, early this season from Tottenham. They were far too good. Um, uh, last time out at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was 1-1, wasn't it, just after lockdown? Remember that back in June? You know, it was a strange game. Might have been the first game, you know, first certainly one of the first Premier League games after uh, the, the football, the action came back. And um, it was a strange game, wasn't it, getting used to no fans. Uh, Fernandes from the penalty spot uh, got a draw and... Yeah, in team selections will be very interesting for this game. You know, United had a couple come off midweek, as you say, on Thursday. Shaw came off, a slight niggle. Pogba looks like it'll be okay. Rashford it has got a problem at the minute and maybe he might rest in for this game, you know, but Martial's out at the moment. So it's not that many options. Cavani's now back, you know, Cavani will come into contention for a start. You know, we'll, interestingly, Pogba's played in the midfield too, isn't he, the last two games, but for the bigger games, he does like Fred and McTominay. Fred was rested against Granada, so you fancy Fred might come back into the side for this one. And maybe Pogba off the left if maybe Rashford gets a bit of a rest or Rashford will go through the middle and, you know, fancy McTominay. I think McTominay suspended for the second leg against Granada as well. So I'd be very surprised if he didn't play, you know, those two in midfield and then and then um, chopping and changing going forward. So, yeah, it's a really big game. You know, a lot of talented players. You know, Harry Kane, Son will be looking to do the damage. And uh, I've gone goals here. I think it'll be an entertaining game. Uh, yeah, 2-2. I've gone completely the opposite. I've gone goalless. We've seen seen so many times in these big games, and I think, especially with Mourinho at home in these big games, um, he's pretty reserved. Uh, Yeah, I just obviously the reverse fixture you mentioned there, I'd actually had it clocked that, yeah, I'd completely forgotten about the 6 1. Um, And obviously, there was a huge amount of goals in there, and Tottenham were superb in that game. Manchester United, really, really poor. Um, it's been a bit of role reversal since then. Manchester United, obviously, in, in really good shape at the moment. Um, and Tottenham scrabbling around to get into that top four. Uh, as you say, yeah, probably is a bigger game for Tottenham now than it is for Manchester United. I think United probably still do need those couple of wins and they'll be desperate to get them sooner rather than later, uh, just to you know rubber stamp that top four spot um, because of the amount of teams that are chasing them. If it was maybe only one team in the race, um, then they'd probably consider themselves safe now but because there are so many teams in the race um that could just you know make them need a couple more wins so it's still a big game for them but yeah i think for tottenham um games 
in the upcoming weeks, perhaps not this one just yet, but games in the upcoming weeks, if they continue to drop a few more points, will become must-win because they would have gone into that Newcastle game pretty much expecting a victory. Um, and, and the way they, not only the, the result, but the way they performed in that game was really disappointing, particularly, you know, when you consider before the international break, there was those the defeat to Arsenal um, and the defeat to Dynamo Zagreb. And if they don't finish in the top four, you've got to say it's been a really, really poor season for Tottenham. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on them heading into these closing stages of the season. They'll be desperate to get the win. But United, I mean, looking back at their away form, I think it's now 20, 21 Premier League away games without defeat in the Premier League. Obviously, they lost in the FA Cup, um, which is their first domestic away defeat since uh, January last year. But in the Premier League, they still haven't lost since January last year. Their last away game was actually that Manchester derby. Even that feels like a long time ago. That was over a month ago now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, away from home, they just seem to have a knack of avoiding defeat. So while both teams are capable of winning this game, and I mean, if Kane and Son are on, you know, top, top form as they were in the reverse fixture, then Tottenham, of course, more than capable of going and winning this game and scoring a few goals. Manchester United obviously have their own players capable of doing that as well. So there could be goals, but so many times this season, I think the, these big games have disappointed a little bit. There's been a, 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 a tendency to lean towards not losing. I think for Manchester United, a draw would be a decent result maybe in this game because they're, they're in command of that second spot. They don't particularly need to go and get those wins, whereas Tottenham do need to get those wins. But then I don't think Jose Mourinho's playing style really feeds into that. He'd rather, you know, either you know be the underdog or have something to protect and he'd rather go into a game thinking a draw would be a decent result for them a draw is not really a very good result for Tottenham they do still have time to catch up they still got it's not the end of the world if they go and draw this game but the onus is now on them to go and start winning games I don't think that necessarily feeds too much uh, into Jose Mourinho's style um, particularly at Tottenham and that's been the big um, obviously uh, criticism of him from Tottenham fans who aren't really happy with how they're playing a lot of the season so yeah I mean You've gone two all, I've gone goalless. We've both gone for a draw. I, don't, I, th I think either team will be pretty confident well, confident of their chances of being able to go and win this one. Uh, but yeah, both back in draws. I've gone for goalless. Matt's gone for two all in that one. Um, rounding off the action on Sunday at 7pm is Sheffield United versus Arsenal. Um, Sheffield United, we know about them, bound for the championship four defeats in a row across all competitions now. 2-1 um, against Leeds last time out in the Yorkshire Derby. Slightly unfortunate in that one with the own goal, um, losing them the game. Um, and put up a decent fight, I think I said in the build-up to that one, that I worried for them now Chris Wilder's gone because they would always put up a fight under Chris Wilder and they needed to show that under Paul Hagenbottom as well. Um, they did put up a bit of a fight in that one, which will be encouraging um, for the closing stage of the season and, of course, looking ahead to next season, which is what they're doing now. For Arsenal, their season's really hanging by a thread. That one-all draw against Slavia Prague in uh, midweek on Thursday night, uh, the away goal for Slavia Prague, put Slavia Prague in the ascendancy, probably just about um, with the advantage heading into the second leg. They're a team which has already seen off Leicester. They've seen off Rangers. They're a good team. Um, Arsenal perhaps maybe underestimated them a little, but they were poor again. They were so poor against Liverpool. Um, I mentioned earlier that Liverpool were really good in that game, but it was a case of Liverpool being good and Arsenal being really bad. Um, uh, you, um, you, you know, you look back even further than that, there was a three-all against West Ham. The comeback in that one, obviously really encouraging for them, but, you know, they went 3-0 down against West Ham. And then before that, they lost at home to Olympiacos. So since the North London derby and the highs of winning that game, uh, winless in four games, Pretty much all disappointing results aside from the West Ham one, which would have felt like a win. But even before the game, you know, they would have hoped to come away with that one with a win, even though West Ham have been so impressive this season. For this game, it's, you know, every team will be going into a match against Sheffield United, almost expecting to win and as favourites because Sheffield United have just been so poor this season. I do make Arsenal favourites, but if they perform like they did against Liverpool, they're there for the taking. They perform like they did uh, on Thursday night, they're there for the taking as well. And, you know, 10th in the league, if they get knocked out of the Europa League, you know, it's it's been a disastrous season for them. And I think, um, I know you've questioned a few times in the past the lack of pressure on Arteta. There's, there's certainly a lot more criticism, I feel, coming towards the players rather than the manager compared to previous managers. You know, Unai Emery um, and Arsene Wenger regularly came in for criticism. I think the, the perception is maybe that Arteta has got the right ideas, but maybe not the right player. Certainly against Liverpool, there was accusations of the, the front four or five not pulling their weight at all. Um, and I think they're a much better team with the youngsters in now. And I, I do agree with, I think Arteta will go forward with that now. The likes of Aubameyang in particular have been really disappointing this season. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they do go out of the Europa League, essentially they don't have a great deal left to fight for this season, which is incredible to say at this stage of the season for Arsenal. I think they'd maybe still view Europa League spots in the Premier League as maybe just gettable, um, providing they win this weekend, but still seven points to seventh place Liverpool. It's a tough ask for them. So maybe Arteta, um, like Sheffield United do, will now start to have one eye on next season and start to build next season, bring in those youngsters with more regularity, start to phase out some of the the uh, more senior players who aren't necessarily pulling their weight. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that pans out over the next few weeks for Arsenal if they do crash out of the Europa League. But I think, I mean, if they, they don't win this game, it's a, a massive blow to them. And obviously they could then be looking at a bottom half finish, which is just terrible for Arsenal. I do back them to win this one. Um, I don't. I think it'll be tight up. I'm not that confident back in Arsenal to, to blow any team away at the moment. Uh, but I've just gone for a 1-0 Arsenal winning this one. Yeah, I thought you would. Uh, yeah, I've gone the same one nil Arsenal. Um, difficult, isn't it, to back Sheffield United this season? And you mentioned Arsenal. You know, they still can finish in the Europa League, can't they? Positions, you know, seven points behind Liverpool. But you know, that would rely on them finishing. You know, one of those. I think the top seven, as it is now, will be the top seven. Um, not in that order, you know, necessarily. But whoever misses out on the top four, you know, you're looking at, you know, West Ham, Tottenham, Liverpool. Say Liverpool finished top four for argument's sake, and it was Chelsea, Tottenham, West. Um, they're just better than Arsenal, aren't they? They're going to finish above Arsenal. I think Arsenal are where they're going to finish. I think they are the eighth or ninth best team in the league, to be honest. You know, ninth, maybe the ninth best team in the league. There's talk of, you know, getting the players and five or six, you know, top draw players this summer. Given a Bamiyang, there's, there's this sort of a thing thrown at the Bamiyang now, isn't it? You know, got a bit of a Meza Ozil situation again, you know, a player who has signed such a big contract and Looking at Aubameyang's numbers, and they're not awful this season, you know, nine Premier League goals from 25 games. But I think the contribution when he isn't scoring is a problem. He's got one assist in the league this season. And overall, since going to Arsenal, 17 assists in 142 games. And obviously, his goal record is good. But when he's not scoring, you know, the work rate's not there. That He's not like he's laying on assists for teammates. You think about the top, top strikers in world football. You know, Harry Kane's assist numbers this season are through the roof. Holland's assists are pretty good. You know, Lewandowski always contributes when he's not scoring. And I just think that is a problem for Arsenal this season. You know, they were awful, weren't they, against Liverpool as well as Liverpool playing. This isn't the Liverpool of last season. You know, it's, it wasn't a Liverpool side that were flying with confidence and they had far too much. And I agree with you. I think Slavia Prague were a really good side from what I've seen in this season. Certainly one that, you know, will really fancy their chances of beating Arsenal in the in the second leg. And I just think the midfield for Arsenal is, is, is flimsy. You know, the back four can be got out. The work rate from the players. Saka's, I think, is fantastic. Tien, he's a big miss. Um, is Smith Rowe? I think Smith Rowe is an excellent player. Is he going to get Arsenal back in the top four? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I just think there's a lot of work to do there for Arsenal. And yeah, I agree. I think Arteta maybe should take a little bit more, you know, the players, you know, they're 10th in the league. This is Arsenal, you know, we're talking about you know, Arsenal throughout the years, certainly in our lifetime, have always been in and around, haven't they, changing for titles, always in the top four, you know, Wenger got criticised for years, didn't he, for only being a top four club, you know, they'd certainly take being a top four club now because they're, they're absolutely miles away from that, but, yeah, Sheffield United, I mean, injuries have just been so... They've just decimated Sheffield United this season. They've been missing some of their good best players for long spells. You know, think of O'Connell at the back. It's just so important, you know. Basham's had spells on the sideline. George Baldock's been injured. You know, their te best technical player, Sander Burge, who will move on this summer. They won't better keep him. He's been out for... For, for a while now and it's just they just lose too many of their good players and the confidence has gone obviously the manager's now gone and as you say they're building for next season but yeah if it, maybe it was another game I'll be back in Arsenal to get beat here because I just think they're they're really not playing well at the moment but hard to back Sheffield United four defeats in their own all competitions and uh, yeah one nil Arsenal same as you yeah, it's a, it's a good game for Arsenal to hopefully bounce back after a couple of really poor results and performances, isn't it? Um, double header on Monday night, starting with West Brom versus Southampton. West Brom will be looking to to back up that incredible 5-2 victory at Stamford Bridge last time out. Uh, I mean, yeah, as we mentioned, when we're looking ahead to Chelsea, no one saw that coming. The manner, even, no one really saw West Brom winning that game, especially not in that manner. Um, and it maybe just opens the door, a glimmer to maybe a great escape. It would be uh, an incredible feat if they do manage to escape. Still eight points from safety, so still a lot of work to do um, for them. And they probably need to back it up with a victory in this one. But, you know, the manner of that performance, they, they were playing like 
the peak Brazil, 1970 Brazil at times at West Brom in that game, they were absolutely superb. So if they can perform like that again a, a couple more times between now and the end of the season, they're, they're capable of beating anyone they come up against. Um, and, you know, Allardyce, the task for him now is to harness that momentum, um, encourage his players to play like that. They've, they've obviously got the players, the likes of Pereira. Uh, Robinson came off the bench after, you know, Ivanovic had initially come off the bench. He replaced Ivanovic when he got injured. So that was certainly wasn't in the script for him to come off the bench. But then he goes and scores twice. So maybe Allardyce needs to start trusting him a little bit more from the start and maybe starting to just, you know, play with a little bit more freedom, the sort of freedom they played with at Chelsea. Um, and if they can do that, as we, uh, they showed at Stamford Bridge, they've got the players to hurt teams. And that's probably the way to do it now because they, they haven't really got anything to lose. If they, you know, they're not going to, if you go with the traditional Allardyce route, let's say, um, and trying to eke out 1-0 wins, I don't think that's going to be enough to keep them in the division because the, as we as they proved throughout Allardyce's time so far, they... Um, they're not going to pick up enough points doing that between now and the end of the season to stay in the division. I think if you just let loose a little bit, then maybe there's a chance for them to pick up those points. Um, they obviously face the Southampton side coming into it of back-to-back wins uh, in the FA Cup and Premier League, three goals in each game. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, this was another tough one, wasn't it, to be honest? You know, the, I mentioned earlier, you know, there always seems to be this thing, doesn't it? I heard people say, oh, great performance at West Brom, but Chelsea were down to 10 men, but... Just because you're down to ten minutes doesn't mean you can see five goals. You know they they were excellent. West Brom, as you say, absolutely peak. You know, like, almost like watching Ajax, wasn't it? Now you mentioned Brazil, that great Ajax. You know, Barcelona, whatever side you want to talk, the top teams in world football in in any era. And um, I think the formation for this game would be interesting, wasn't it? Because Sam Allardyce had to change it, didn't he, with Conor Gallagher being ineligible against his parent club. Obviously, Gallagher's back for this game. Went to a back five against Chelsea, and will he go similar again here? You know, that being dropping one of the midfield players. Um, very interesting to see what he does in this game. I think O'Shea's got a little bit of an issue, so maybe his hand will be forced in terms of, um, I think maybe maybe might be missing Dara O'Shea, might be okay, maybe, might be might be forced into going to a back four rather than the five. But yeah, huge, huge game for West Brom. It's obviously still a very long shot, isn't it, as you say, to, to stay in the league. Obviously, they're eight points behind Newcastle at this stage. Could be worse by the time they're into this game, but still think they'll go go down. But um, what happens this summer will be very interesting for West Brom. You know, they've got they've got some good players there, and it's a similar situation for Southampton. To be honest, you're looking at their squad where they're going to finish in the league. I mean, they're 13th at the moment, and I would be absolutely astounded if Danny Ings was still there next season. I think he's nailed on; he'll leave. You know, talk about you know Vestergaard's getting linked with a move away. I still think you know should, Southampton always get their best players poached, don't they? You think about, you know, Van Dijk, Mane, players like even Lallana when he was in his prime, that you're always going to lose your best players. And I just think there's a lot of players in that squad that a lot of teams will be thinking, you know, we'll, we'll have some of that. Players like Ward-Prowse as well. I know he's ingrained in Southampton. He's such a big player for them. But, you know, teams like teams like Tottenham, I think Ward-Prowse would be a good signing for someone like that. Everton, you know, you're looking at their players. And I just think, yes, how they finish the season, maybe if Southampton could push into push towards the top half. I mean, they're six points off leads at this stage. So you think they're going to finish in the round where they are. Um, obviously, West Brom expect to go down, but but signs of encouragement. And I do fancy West Brom here, to be honest. I didn't want to back another draw. West Brom's record against Southampton is not good at all. They've actually lost their last five in all competitions. But but West Brom did win. Yeah, the last win was 2016 in the Premier League. And not massively co- comfortable, to be honest. But West Brom will be flying, won't they, as well as they played last week. Southampton have won two in a row now, but very inconsistent and not particularly under any great sort of strain in terms of, you know, must, must win, uh, whereas West Brom are. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be a tight game, but it's gone West Brom 2-1. Interesting. I've gone Southampton 2-1 in this one. I I do see why you've gone West Brom um, because, the I mean, the momentum. And as I say, if they do play like they did against Chelsea, they're capable of winning games quite comfortably. Um, But I I just don't think Allardyce is going to, you know, let his teams do that. I was just looking back the last time they won back-to-back Premier League games was May 2018. Obviously, they've spent a spell outside the the top flight since then because that was en route to relegation. Uh, But this season, they haven't really been backing up wins with with more wins. Um, I think that's obviously the, the key to escaping danger is to, to get a bit of consistency, string together a run of victories. West Brom just haven't been able to do that this season. Um, and even with the manner of that Chelsea one, I think that was very much a one-off. Um, I'd love to see West Brom try and go for it again, try and play in a similar way. Um, 
but as I say, I think a few things um, colluded nicely for them in terms of Thiago Silva being sent off. That would have given West Brom a little bit more confidence that they could attack Chelsea. Without that, I don't think they would have played the same football. They, they were playing good uh, football before Thiago Silva went off. We've got to say that. Um, they were playing, creating some decent chances and were probably the better team, for, certainly until Chelsea opened the scoring. Um, but I, I think the fact Thiago Silva got sent off, the fact then Robinson had to come on and Allardyce had to change his system a little bit to, to uh, fit him in, um, that sort of all worked out pretty well for them. And I think that might have just been sort of a one-off, almost a lucky um, uh, formula that he stumbled upon. I mean, obviously, he can, he can use that from the start in this game. But I, I do think that was a bit of a one-off performance and result. West Brom obviously will be desperate to prove me wrong on that um, and, and, you know, get, get out of danger because, as I said, they do need victories to get out of danger now. But, yeah, I've just gone for Southampton. I think Southampton against Burnley were a little bit back towards their best. Obviously, conceding two goals against Burnley was the downside in that game. But to score three goals, they went through such a poor run of form, didn't they, um, uh, prior to the international break. And returned to form just about with a 3 0 win uh, in the FA Cup just before the international uh, international break against Bournemouth. Um, so to then back up that up with another three three goals and another victory, I think will be huge for Southampton. And yeah, we've said, you know, they probably need one more win to absolutely guarantee their safety. No chance of getting dragged into the relegation zone, but they'll keen to be they'll be keen to get over that, you know, safety line of probably 38, 39 points. Um, as soon as possible. They've got the FA Cup to focus on after this one as well. Obviously, you know, chance of silverware there, which would be really appealing for them having almost secured their Premier League survival. Um, and I do see them getting this one. I think West Brom just can't really trust them to back up that Chelsea victory. It is pretty much last chance saloon. If, they, if they're going to lose this game, any hope that was, you know, brought up by that Chelsea uh, victory, I think, will be uh, dispelled straight away. Um, so I think they do need to win this game if they stand any chance of staying in the division. So it's a big game, obviously, for West Brom, bigger than it is for Southampton. But Southampton do seem to have found a little bit of their attacking prowess, which made them such a good team um, earlier in the season. Uh, so, yeah, I'm back in the Southampton 2-1 winning that one. But interestingly, Matt is going the opposite direction, 2-1 to West Brom. Uh, the final... Game of the game week is Brighton versus Everton on Monday night. Brighton fell to that narrow defeat against Manchester United last time out, which ended the run of back-to-back -back wins. Uh, but they are still six points clear of the relegation zone. Obviously, they're in action after both Newcastle and Fulham. So that um, could change, obviously, by the time Brighton kick off against Everton. Uh, but they're playing an Everton team in pretty poor form themselves without winning four games across all competitions, three in the Premier League, drew at home to um, Crystal Palace last time out, having lost at home to Burnley in their last Premier League game before that. Um, just starting to falter a little bit, Everton, right at the important part of the season in terms of their, their European hopes. They're not out of the top four race by any stretch of the imagination. Five points to West Ham. They're one of those teams in the cluster. But I think that this recent set of form um, has sort of maybe made their main focus be maybe get a Europa League spot. I think they were right in the Champions League race, certainly before this run of form. But those those results um, and the performances, they just, they hint, I mean, you, you, I think you mentioned it in passing earlier. They've got those that level of inconsistency in them, which I think will just see them fall short of the Champions League spaces. Europa League spaces are still in um, an option. They're two points behind both Tottenham and Liverpool with a game in hand over both teams. So, you know, things are in their control at the moment. Um, but, you know, they, they are just faltering and it's difficult to trust them to pick up too many points with uh, great regularity at the moment. Um, and I can see them dropping points again here, to be honest. I've gone for a one all draw in this one. 1-1, one, one, yeah, I've gone 2-2 two, two here. Um, thinking goals, uh, similar to you. Yeah, it's not even the fact that Everton aren't... I mean, they're so close, aren't they, to the top four, top six, but it's the... The inconsistency, isn't it? You don't, as you say, the word you use, trust. You just don't really trust them to go into games. I mean, if they were to get a good result here, they can play Tottenham and Arsenal back to back. If put them very much in a, in a strong position, but you just, I'm just never sure with Everton. I, I still think they're, I still stick by what I said. I think there's a really bright future there. There's obviously money there. A good manager plans for for new stadium. There's a lot to be positive about. But this team at the moment, they just can't seem to. You know, get over that sort of mental block of of 
certain games, you know, I don't know what it is. I think it's ingrained in Everton. They've, you know, were known as a bit of a soft touch for a while, weren't they? You know, losing so many Merseyside derbies, obviously they've ended that this year. Very much could still finish above Liverpool. That will be in their minds and, and finishing in top six, top seven would be a really good season. But Brighton, you know, without, you know, re-mentioning what we said earlier, that the game at Old Trafford, you know, really good, really good start, took the lead. But then, then just took their foot off the pedal in the second half, you know, went very deep and United were always going to, you know, pick the lines and, uh, and when the equaliser went in, you fancy that there would be another goal late on them. Big bow for Brighton because I thought maybe on another day they, they could have got a point last time out. But as you say, back to back wins before that have moved them. They're not they're obviously not, not anywhere near clear. You know, they're not safe by any means, but I think we both expect them to have a little bit too much quality. I certainly expect it to be Fulham on Newcastle who will go down. I think Burnley will be fine. West Brom, Brighton in and around there. I think it will be between those two. And yeah, I think Brighton will get a point here. As we say, Everton, you know, always seems to have injury doubts. I think what six or seven, you know, doubts for this game that are yet to be cleared up. Brighton, you fancy it'll be a similar setup and a similar shape to the one that played at Old Trafford, you know, Welbeck, Mopay going forward, you know, Trossard. Trossard's a really good player. Obviously, you know, he played for Belgium, didn't he, during the international break, you know, very much part of their plans and, and a good midfield, good back three. So I think Brighton will cause problems. But Everton have got quality going forward. As you know, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, Rodriguez are all having good seasons. So, uh, yeah, open game, uh, really open game. I think it'll be a draw, though, 2-2. Two, two. All right, both going for draws in that final match of the game week. Thank you, as ever, Matt. Um, you can find previews for all of those games over on sportsmall.co.uk, um, as well as many more games in the Championship and across Europe um, and world football. Uh, so be sure to check out sportsmall.co.uk for that. Matt and I will be back next week for our next round of predictions. It's getting pretty close in the prediction competition. Um, I've made a comeback from about 29 points down. I think it's 11 the gap now, so the comeback is very much on. So um, we'll see how it stands next week when we're back. Uh, you can make sure you don't miss that episode or any episode by subscribing on all the usual podcast channels. And you can also subscribe on YouTube to make sure you don't miss an episode. So be sure to do that. Uh, thank you for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you again next week.